This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Douglas Gervin. He's the CEO and founder of Stantive Technologies Group, whose flagship product, Orchestra CMS, is the first and only known enterprise class content management platform built 100% natively on the Salesforce platform. Doug, are you ready to take us to the top? I am, absolutely. So that can be a blessing and a curse going all in on (laughs) one platform. Why did you decide to take that route? couple of reasons. One, we, you know, when we built the product back in 2010, we really saw the emergence of this idea of personalization. You know, Amazon had taught us about that in 2005, six, seven, eight. We really saw this personalization thing happening in a big way on more of a B2B side. So the only way to really personalize a user's experience is to have access to all that information about that user. So you can tailor the experience they're getting on the web at the time. Uh, that was number one. Number two, Salesforce, we really felt was an emerging powerhouse coming into the enterprise computing space. Um, We saw this about seven or eight years ago and really felt that it was the next generation enterprise computing platform. So combining those two along with a really unique way to build applications natively um, within the platform, we thought was a a real trifecta in terms of uh, the next generation IT service delivery. And, And give me an example of a customer that's using you guys and tell me what they launched with you plus Salesforce. Sure, absolutely. A great example would be AstraZeneca, big global pharmaceutical company. So they they are dealing with, you know, uh, 10 different languages, 40 countries, 65,000 employees, 20,000 contractors, uh, big challenges. How do you unify all the communications, collaboration across all those employees around the world? Um, they, like many companies, had many disparate systems internally that were doing that. Uh, what they were able to do with with Orchestra CMS was consolidate all of that information and all the collaboration into a single platform on Orchestra CMS sitting on Salesforce. So the platform not only delivers content and, and facilitates collaboration, but the other thing it does is it brings together all the IT applications in that organization that employees need to get their work done. So what happens is the employees end up with a single place to go to do all of their work. It's a very pleasing environment from a usability perspective. It deals with all the linguistic issues across geographies, all the compliance issues across mm-hmm. geographies in pharma, and all of that from a single platform with a highly distributed group of hundreds of authors around the world. And is the model a SaaS model or pay-as-you-go, or what's the model? It's all SaaS. It's all so SaaS, it's all great. Subscription. Yeah, absolutely. And Orchestra delivers both that internet type of capability as well as the traditional portal, as well as public sites. So you take, take a look at most organizations today, they're dealing with you know something different on their public site, something different for their portal. If they're doing, say, banking, online banking, that's a different technology. If they're looking inward to their employees, that's yet a different technology. So we unify all of that, and then we surface all that functionality out of Salesforce and other platforms in a business-driven, highly compliant yep. way. And Doug, what's the average customer paying you per year, would you say? Um, it really varies widely, but if you sort of stuck it in the middle somewhere, you know, between 150 and half a million dollars a year. Okay, good. So yeah, you're very, you're very much in the enterprise space. 
Absolutely. Got it. So it's Absolutely. fair to say it'd be 150 is a minimum, 500 is an average, and you probably have some outliers that are way above that. Yeah. Okay, give me more of the backstory here. When did you launch the company? So the company's been around for a while. We we were our first incarnation was as a partner with Sun Microsystems. So we were very heavily into large systems and what system year? software. Uh, early nineties. Oh wow! Okay. So I've been around for a while, hence the gray hair. Uh, the product itself, we we got on Salesforce as a customer in two thousand and three when they were very young. Felt there was a real potential future there. Built a lot of the things that we did in our business around that at the time. Um, and Billy started making the transition into Salesforce development, and then about ten years ago. Um, when that was became available. So, so we've been you, on the platform developing for as long as you could be. Yeah. So you launched in 1991. Uh, you scaled to where you are obviously today. Have you bootstrapped this or have you raised? So the we've had two incarnations. The first number of years was really around around the Sun Microsystems partnership. The product itself was launched, built in 2009 and launched in 2010. We spun completely away from that partnership and went completely into Orchestra CMS at, at that point. So think of us as really seven years old in that respect. Okay. Um, we bootstrapped for about half the time and, and raised some capital uh, for the second half. And how much total have you raised so far? Uh, somewhere around 15 million. 15. And why decide to go that route versus continuing to bootstrap? Part of the challenge we had was that when we launched Orchestra, we figured we'd evolve like everybody else. You sort of move up the food chain as the product gets more sophisticated. Um, within six months of, of launching the product, we were into Fortune 100 companies. They really loved the idea of that highly personalized experience on Salesforce. A lot of them got the vision early. Um, it really culminated with us winning a very, very large project with, let's say, a Fortune 5 company. And what's um, large? Are we talking multi-million dollar kind of deal or what? Uh, yeah, that, that sort of area. Um, and that was really at the end of what we felt was we, we could do with bootstrapping because the, the challenges to build to that level of scale and sophistication were too high. So we had to raise, raise capital and really build out the engineering capability at the time. And over the past 10 years, what have you grown your customer base to? Uh, it's somewhere north of about 50 large enterprise customers, mostly in the Fortune 500, Fortune 600 space. Got it. Can we put a cap on that? Can we say between maybe 50 and 75? Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's good. And and how are you landing these customers? What's your team size today? And how much of how many of them are dedicated to sales? So we probably got about eight or nine dedicated to sales, either from a technology, you know, sales engineering, marketing, or pure selling perspective. Um, those deals come from a from a variety of sources. Some of them come directly to us through the web and other means, social, et cetera. Some of them come, some of the opportunities come to us with our partnership with Salesforce. Um, and others are coming to us from referrals and through and systems integration partners. And what's your total team size? Total team size today is about 50. 50. Okay, good. So, I mean, well over 10% of your, of your four. So eight people focused really on the sales aspect. Absolutely. What and that's you, increasing as we go forward. Yeah, that's good. In terms of unit economics, I imagine you know there's one or two things you've got to get a brand new customer to do to make sure they stick. What is that yes. for you? And what does your retention look like once people hit that that whatever that usage thing is? So, so what happens is we typically go in in very sophisticated implementations that are sticky by nature. So we've got you know one customer who uses us for everything digital. There's a, there are others who uses use us for one or more specific projects. But when you're a global intranet, as an example, in, in the first instance I gave you, that's a reasonably sticky um, situation. So the so our retention rate to our our churn on a revenue basis has been negative for the past three years. We don't we see probably um, three or four percent churn in terms of number of customers leaving. Um, but in terms of revenue, it's negative. So a number of the, the early customers who are smaller tend to drop off if they get acquired or they leave Salesforce. Otherwise, we uh, we retain the vast majority. So with that being said, how do you make sure you don't accidentally lie to yourself about what lifetime value is? Because you could just tell yourself it's infinite. Spend as much as we need on right. CAC. 
<clears throat> no, we uh, we definitely are not trying to spend as much as we can on CAC, and we do invest quite heavily in retention. One of the things about enterprise, as you know, is the, the customers are very sophisticated. They've got very strong demands. They're evolving very quickly, especially in an era of digital transformation. So we spend a lot of time and effort making sure those customers continue to be successful with the platform, get the most value out of it. Um, and that tends to end up with with our presence in those organizations growing. Um, so we would never lull ourselves into believing that's infinite. So that's something we work for. So what do you, hard in your brain, what do you tell yourself like minimum LTV is in terms of dollars? Well, I, I couldn't tell you in terms of dollars because it varies by customer. But I think if you were to look at our average customer length is between five and seven years, five and six and a half years now. So most of our customers are with us that we started with and they continue to stay with us. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay. At nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. helps me so much. And by the way, Look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings, okay? I do them back-to-back, very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen, okay? So I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14-day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's given us a 45-day free trial at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not gonna stay up forever, so go get it now. nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Every cohort is different, but a way to kind of normalize is to talk about payback period. So what do you like to keep your payback period under? Probably about 12 to 18 months. Okay, good. That's where you, that's where you are now? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. And then the, uh, so we obviously have team size 50 folks, uh, healthy economics, uh, payback 12 to 18 months. You imagine, you, you mentioned earlier kind of minimum ACV around 150 grand. So we can assume you're spending maybe around that, right? To acquire that customer if it's 12 to 18 month payback. It could be, and some of so we do have customers who are smaller, and we have customers obviously a lot larger. Yeah, obviously, yeah, I'm talking somewhere averages. around that. Absolutely, it's tough. It's tough when you have a wide range, and I force you to talk about averages, but it's helpful. Yeah, well, and, and we've got customers who are small in numbers in terms of employees, but huge in reach. And then you have the number of the customers who you know we have our largest customer is over two million employees. So, um, that's uh, great. Where are you guys all based? So we're based all over the place. Our Headquarters in terms of engineering, support, and administrations in Kingston, Ontario. So about 100 miles north of Syracuse, New York, if you're in the U.S. Um, we have people in Ottawa and Toronto as well. And then we have people scattered across the U.S. from east coast to west coast. And then a team in Australia as well. U.S., Canada, and Australia. What, sorry, what was the Australian team? There's uh, there's a team in Melbourne in Australia. Oh, God. I thought they, you, cover, did, they cover that region. Do they have a specific, so they're sales folks or is it development or support? Okay. No, all development support is here locally. In, in Ontario. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And now in terms of, uh, in terms of size, I mean, look, you said 50 customers, 150 ACV minimum. I mean, I can do a minimum multiplication there and say what you guys are north of seven, five annually currently somewhere around there. Yeah. How do you, what's kind of the next step for you? What are you trying to drive towards? Do you want to get more customers or do you want to go deeper on your current ones and increase wallet share? So we're doing a little bit of both. Uh, do be a lot of both actually. So we've been 
you know, from a from the standpoint of going deep, we've been our, we're getting our targeting about 25% of our revenue growth coming from existing customers as well as acquiring new. Um, and so we see that as something that we're accelerating. So we've really come out of now because of the demands the customers placed on us early and the large customers we acquired. Um, we spent a lot of our time on engineering. That's really shifting now more to sales and marketing. So when you say what's next, it's really all about growth, and that growth will come both from existing as well as new. What are you growing at right? What are you growing at right now in terms of year over year? About 40% at the moment. Pretty healthy. Trying to accelerate accelerate that into the 50, 60 over the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's good, right? So you said 40% year over year growth. If you're at around, you know, call it seven, five now, that means what last year, December, 2016, you were around somewhere around 5 million, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Interesting. That's great. And and dividing that out, obviously to get to MRR number, that's take going from about 410 grand a month up to where you are now, somewhere around 625 grand. So healthy growth. Now, did you raise capital in between that period or the capital came in before 12 months ago? It, it, it came in before. Okay, got it. So we've really been running on that since. Oh, that's good. So listen, whenever I look on a thing and I see funding date was more than 12 months ago, you're right now either in acquisition talks to sell or you're raising your next round of capital. Which one is it? We're probably in the set in the latter part of that one. Good <laughs> guess. Good guess. So the goal really is we, you know, what we feel now is we've got a lot of traction. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of customer acceptance good position in the market. You know, there's the, the market's evolving in our direction, we feel. So really now it's all about trying to just drive the growth. That's really where we're at. All right, let's wrap up here, Doug, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, favorite business book? Probably, just a good one. The hard, my latest one would be The Hard Thing About Hard Things. Yeah, that's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, there's a number of them. I think, you know, everybody from Andreessen in the, in the, uh, the VC world that I follow, um, to any number across, you know, number of industries. I really look for characteristics. Those probably give me, give me an Ontario point, right? CEO you really like right now. Um, in the, in the startup space. Yeah. Like an under some, not, not a mainstream one. Everyone knows someone. Yeah, so I think they, so somebody I have a lot of respect for, I've known for a while is a guy named Mark Naughton at tier one CRM. Um, yeah. So he's a, we have a partnership with him. He's a, he's an outstanding, outstanding leader, I think. Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? Um, geez, it probably, I probably spend most of my time in Google Docs. Yep. Number Just, f- I know it sounds boring and mundane, but true. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night, Doug? Uh, four to six. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? Married, kids, older. How many kids? Three. Oh, wow. Okay. And how old are you? Uh, 56, 56. Last question. Take us back 36 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Oh, um, 20 years. I think, uh, you know, never underestimate how hard this is to actually get done. I think we all walk in with our eyes sort of half open, very idealistic. Um, don't raise enough money in the first round. So you have to do a second one. Uh, don't see the growth opportunity as big as it should be. I think those are the big ones entrepreneurship is tough. Don't underestimate it. You guys heard it here from Doug launched many years ago, but really pivoted big time in 2010 when he started and said, you know what, we're going to take a bet here on Salesforce, really scale with them. They since launched Orchestra CRM. They're currently serving about 50 customers that pay a minimum of call it 150 grand a year. So they've grown over the past 12 months from about 5 million in ARR to now today, December, 2017, around the 7.5 million ARR mark, healthy, healthy economics. So churn is almost non-existent, super high retention, 97% logo retention, net negative revenue churn. CAC payback period is about 12 to 18 months, so healthy there with their team of 50 folks between US, Canada, and Australia. Doug, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks very much. Appreciate your time.